I spent um, $6 getting Dunkin' Donuts delivered today. <laughs> like you, like that was the total purchase or that was the delivery fee? No, that was the delivery fee. And I'm not even kidding. I could see it right now. It's literally right over fucking there. I paid $6 to have that delivered to my door. <laughs> I mean, it's worth it. Oh, it kind of was. <laughs> oh, man, I want Dunkin'. I had Arby's last night. It was so good. Yeah, although I got the beef and cheddar with extra cheese, and I got home and realized that they gave me the curly fries and the potato cakes, but the sandwich was actually just a classic beef and cheddar with no cheese. And like the whole point, the whole point of me going to Arby's was getting the fake orange cheese. So like I went back and by that point it was dinner rush hour. And I sat in line for 30 fucking minutes to tell the lady, Hey, you gave me the wrong sandwich. And she's like, well, do you have the receipt? And I'm like, yeah. And it's wrong in the receipt too. Cause you gave me the wrong fucking thing. Although I didn't say it like that. Cause I'm nice to service people. Um, but you know, in my head, I was like, God damn it. Cheese. I need it. I was actually very nice. And because of that, she gave me a free cookie. So. Oh, that's so nice. I even know they had cookies at Arby's. Yes, they do. And honestly, it was pretty fucking tasty. It was like that big too. They're like cookie. <laughs> <sighs> Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Anyway, are you ready? Yes, oh, I should I'm ready. I'm actually not high yet. I don't, that's insane. I just got so high. So that's, <sighs> yeah, you gotta catch up. <laughs> I joined the call and just saw a nice little plume of smoke. And I was like, oh, I have entered the room. It smells wonderful. Yeah, I was still gonna see it looking on my screen. Is it really? Mm -hmm. It's nope. not that stuff in my actual real world right now i'm telling you that's just the way the screen looks <laughs> oh okay i was gonna say it looks like you've been like hot boxing in the bathroom for like an hour no there's no way i just got in here okay <laughs> so yeah i'm gilda and i'm steph and you are listening to saturday night high the podcast where we get stupid eh, we get stupidly <laughs> stoned and talk about saturday night live and tonight we're talking about season one, episode 14, which aired on February 21st, 1976. The host was, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this right, Desi Arnaz. There you go. And we also did some singing and dancing as well. Yeah. And yeah, the musical performances were just him and Desi Arnaz Jr. was also credited. Uh, and I thought that was really cute. I That is cute meant to okay yeah so um but yeah so tonight yeah Desi Arnaz there were tons of I Love Lucy references if you don't know who Desi Arnaz is he was Ricky Ricardo if you are listening to this podcast you should be aware we're going to talk about drugs and sex there was a lot of sex in this episode or at least it was more prominent yeah. sex was in everything but yeah anyway like, Loki was. I didn't until just now. Yeah, no, the cold open was uh, Dan Aykroyd. He was a therapist and he was having a session with President Gerald Ford. And in this, Gerald Ford didn't know how to lie down on a couch. He didn't know how to sit down. And it was like, okay, so he was like the George Bush of his day. Like, this is like the choking on a pretzel that like, okay. Um, it goes into a free association exercise. 
I was so scared when they did that. I thought it was about to be another one of those. <laughs> yeah, I did not. I got know. a little like triggered at that moment. Yeah, and they, I guess Dan Aykroyd says Apple. Chevy Chase says Apple. He's like, no, no, you can say a different word. He says, okay, Apple. Chevy Chase says apples. Dan Aykroyd's like, no, it can be a completely different word. Just has to be related. So apple, cider, good, bad. <laughs> and it went down that trail for a bit. And then Dan Aykroyd just rolled with it. Primary and blues. Yes, I thought that was amazing because they were going rapid fire and it was just like, oh, God damn, that was an awesome political slam in the cold open. Like, that's the first one I've been like, ooh, that was, yeah. Yeah, it, it worked. And the crowd, holy shit, the crowd was good tonight. It was like, they were, they were into it. So, yeah. I also thought when uh, Chevy Chase, when his Gerald Ford asked Dan Aykroyd, uh, uh, when Dan Aykroyd asked, do you know what free association is? And Chevy Chase responds, that's when you don't have to pay for it, right? I was like, God damn it. Yeah. And then he did his little, you know, falling through the set thing, which I've come full circle on my opinion on this. Now I'm getting sick of it again. (laughs) (laughs) I got sick of it or I'm getting sick of it. But I will say I did not see the fall through the wall coming. I thought he was just going to like hit the wall and fall backwards. So I I was like, okay, it started really dumb. But the word association at the end, it ended well. And I mean, my God, it, the man is committing. He threw himself through a thin wall. Like he also laid on the ground. So yeah, he's doing a lot. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and then does Yarnez, um He was talking about how good his week was being on SNL and how nice the <laughs> Not Ready for Primetime players are. Um, they got him a cigar because they heard that he really like cigars. Oh, a box of cigars. It was a whole box. Oh yeah, a box. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, he was like, I, I never heard of the brand. It was Acapulco Gold and it's like a strain of Stiva. Yeah. To quote Leafly, they liken Acapulco Gold to dinner at a five-star restaurant. And I guess it was like the best weed that you could find in the 60s. And yeah. Damn. So uh, yeah, I thought it was just like, oh, Ricky. I mean, I grew up watching I Love Lucy on Nick at Night and TV Land. And as I get older, I realize how problematic the show was and how really terrible and sexist it was, even though Lucille Ball was, you know, a very later in life force to be reckoned with. But yeah, um, now I realize it's like, oh, icky, gross. Um, I thought it was- A lot of things from that period. Yeah. But I just, when Desi Arnaz came out, the crowd lost it. And I feel like it's because those kids like knew him as, I mean, I don't know if they were kids, but like people were just like, holy shit. Like it was, the applause felt bigger this episode. But like seeing Harrison Ford feel today. Okay. I don't know, maybe Harrison Ford would be as charismatic. I don't know. I don't know. Star Wars recently. <laughs> I I think yeah, like, charismatic. Yeah, Harrison Ford charismatic about what he comes from. You know how like this whole episode they kept mentioning I Love Lucy, 
and Harrison Ford would not do that kind of shit with Star Wars. No, no. He would actively walk out of 30 Rock and like never return and never talk to anyone about it again. Yeah, and then I realized, okay, so the next sketch, um, there was a bit a few episodes ago where we were like, why is Garrett Morris playing Gandhi? He wasn't playing Gandhi a few episodes ago. He was playing Reuben Hurricane Carter in the Pledge of Allegiance sketch. Remember, we were like, why is Gandhi at the end of this? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I Googled who Reuben was because I, I was like, okay, I need to know this. Yeah. Um, he's just the OJ Simpson of boxing in the 70s, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, but wrongfully convicted. There was a Bob Dylan song about it, Hurricane. Um, Whoa. Oh God, I posted something to my personal account a few years ago. It was like, okay, the first true crime, the first, God damn it. The first true crime podcast was Bob Dylan's The Hurricane or Bob Dylan's Hurricane, which is 833 of explaining a crime, detailing a wrongful conviction, condemning the system and still finding time for a bitchin' fiddle riff. Send tweet. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. That's a lot to get into. <laughs> Yeah, and then postscript, upon release, Ruben Hurricane Carter moved to Canada, as one would, where police arrested him on suspicion of selling drugs. They were looking for a black suspect in his 30s, and Carter was 59. Can you imagine imagine the panic attack of not this shit again? <laughs> oh my god. Oh god, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, that was that. And so it was a joke about Hurricane Carter and how um, he was in prison and obviously he could not, um, he could not use his card anywhere. Um, yeah. And so that was, I, I didn't, it was just a joke about how he was in prison and therefore people wouldn't know who he is. And like, he had to have the name on the card. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it was weird. He, yeah. Not the best thing. Yeah, he moved to Canada in the 90s, 80s. I mean, again, I don't blame him. Yeah, that's fair. Although, same shit. Right, yeah. Different fucking country. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that your roommates have recovered. Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) It sounds like they're having a good old time there. Glad to see the Rona didn't get them down. (laughs) I feel like I definitely had a... I've been sleeping so much lately. Like, there's no way I didn't have I don't know. Uh, hey, but that just means that you're really safe to come out. Yeah, no, I got an email the other day from Southwest. They were like, do you want to fly round trip from to for $14? And I was like, I mean, in a pandemic? No, but yeah, like, you could come here for $14. Like, $7 to come see me and $7 to go home. Like... But more than that, I'm Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, literally, <laughs> if you can fucking get Dunkin' Donuts delivered to your ass, then you can pay $14 to get your ass out here now. Holy shit. <laughs> That's crazy. That's literally what I paid for Dunkin' Donuts. I can't believe I paid so much for Dunkin' Donuts. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I, I just want like a cake twist from there. Like the, oh. Anyway, the next sketch was it occurred the first. 95% of it in the dark. It was Chevy Chase and Jane Curtin in bed. 
And Chevy Chase is like, he's moping and Jane Curtin's like, this happens to all guys. And he's like, never to me before. And they're fighting about sex and that it was his 40th birthday. And he just came home and like zipped open her dress and threw her on the bed. And he, she wasn't really in the mood for that. And she wanted to have people over. And he's, she's like, well, there's still a few hours in the evening to have people over. Chevy Chase is like, oh, I suppose, or, you know, we could, I think he said something about maybe going again or try, I don't know what the fuck he said, but at that point in time, all of the lights turn on and everyone jumps out at the two of them sitting in bed or on the couch or wherever they were. And Chevy Chase is, bed. okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Okay. Um, and Chevy Chase's face during this was amazing. He was just like the realization of, oh my God, I just had this incredibly personal conversation. And then we did this in front of all of these friends. And it was amazing. I loved it. It was the confetti. It was, it was pretty funny. I actually liked that a lot. The next one was really weird though. Yeah, this felt like a fucking Michael O'Donohue sketch. And I was like, okay, yeah, he, it was Luciana Vermicelli's beauty regimen. And it was like, she was 500 years old and this is what she did to stay looking like this. But there was also some sorcery involved. She was sitting in a casket. It was just a vampire. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was fucking weird. It had, it had that creep written all over it. He, again, he... (laughs) I know it did like I'm sorry I saw a fucking coffin I saw a casket and I was like well Michael O'Donohue had a hand in this one because he's the only one that regularly introduces death into Saturday Night Live wow that's true yeah it was just like sometimes death is funny I'm gonna say it bold stance (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna say it you gotta laugh sometimes uh but this was just not funny although I will say those pictures they showed at the beginning of like how Lorraine Newman had looked as a little girl, which were like weird old timey like images that you would see if you Googled like some shit from the 14th century. I don't know how to talk, you know, just like. (laughs) Renaissance woman with pig snout. Yeah, like where did they get that fucking picture from? They have Google images. (laughs) That again, that's another sign this man was involved. (laughs) You can't tell me that picture wasn't sitting on a nightstand in his house somewhere. Sorry. He's like, mm, perfect time to use this fucking picture. Yeah. He just had it sitting there waiting and just, well, I'll slip it in here. I Googled, don't Google that. But, nah, there's some weird shit that showed up. Wonderful. Wait, what did you Google? Uh, Renaissance woman with pig snout. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> um, speaking of Renaissance and the arts, the next sketch was literary recital. Um, and Dan Aykroyd introduced it. He said, we're going to have a distinguished scholar come on and read a piece of literature. Tonight is Lewis Carroll's Jabberwocky poem um, read by Desi Arnaz. And he he comes on and he says, first he pronounces it like Haberwocky, which is kind of funny. I, I'm going to say it. I laughed a little bit at that. But then the rest of this, I was kind of like, okay. <laughs> I laughed at that. The pronun- His pronunciations were cute in some of them and but yeah other than that it was just no thanks and although I did think his him being introduced as Desmond Arnaz and him saying who the hell talks like this it it was quite funny 
and he has a good personality he really he did he does or he did and he had a good sense of humor in that he was an older guy and that was 76 and he died in 86 he was 59 so he was an older dude he came in there but he hung with the kids he was not I I was surprised at how old he looked because I didn't really follow him much or I didn't know what he looked like between I Love Lucy and this but I was like oh he's older I'm not sure how I'm not sure how much of the show how much of the show is he gonna be in and then he was I was pleasantly surprised that he was game for a lot me too. I was not expecting it, the show to be so good as a result of him being the host, but that was the case tonight, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I I was shocked. Much as I guess I was kind of shocked with Jason Bateman this past week. I went into that episode fully preparing to hate it. And I'm like, you know what? He blended. It's good. Um, and then... Also, I want to mention that Desi Arnaz Jr. was 23, so I totally get why his father, why he, um, why he was there. Because if you're 23 and your dad's hosting Saturday Night Live, of fucking course you're going to beg to be there. It's the hottest thing in television right at that moment. I did not realize he was 23. Oh, he looked so, he looked about 23, actually. Yeah, I was I could tell he was like, legal I wasn't attracted to him but I could tell he was legal but not like 30 so (laughs) legal but not 30 yeah that's about every guy (laughs) the next sketch was Chevy Chase as a white Barry White whose name was very white and it was just a white guy with a deep voice who was trying to be sexy but cannot and I guess the point was that it doesn't work or they were making fun of Barry White and that he kind of talks, sings and doesn't really sing, sing. Sing, sing, the prison. Haha, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Having so much fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was like, this is pointless. And then he was like, I saw you at the tennis. I saw you at the country club. And I'm like, okay, so it's probably some married woman or whatever. And then he says he saw her at the debutante ball. And I'm like, oh, okay. So she's very underage. Cool. This is a theme with him. (sighs) I did not pick up on that part. I thought the performance was, he was kind of selling the performance, though he was very sweaty. Did you notice how fucking sweaty he was? That was all I could pay attention to. Was it was. sweat on this man's forehead. Yeah, it was like literal beads of sweat. I don't know if he was like going through the Coke sweats or what the fuck, but the man was under lights and it looked like he was going to melt. Yeah. And then uh, Desi Arnaz came up and talked about I Love Lucy and the process of getting the pilot picked up and... What followed was like a bunch of different concepts for I Love Lucy. Um, the first one was I saw Lucy. He saw her on the street. The second one was I loathe Lucy, which, okay. It was uh, Gilda as Lucy and he's like pushing her to the ground and she's she's still being all nice to him because he's her husband. It was I was like, why are we seeing Gilda in this kind of role again? I didn't like it. Yeah, I really it don't. Was, yeah, I don't like that when it comes time to throw a woman around the set, they automatically turn to her. Um, I will say that it kind of was exacerbating. I don't, have you seen I Love Lucy or no? No, I've seen it like in the background, but I never sat down and watched it. 
Um, but yeah, there. Uh, so I love Lucy. Anyway, there are a few episodes that I can show you. This is really just kind of um, exaggerating the show. Like looking back on the show, Ricky did treat Lucy like shit. Excuse me, like shit. Um, and it was like not that pronounced, but he was definitely super controlling and. I thought this was kind of poking fun at that, but also say, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, meh. Yeah, I only knew I love Lucy because my neighbors across the street had a dog named Lucy because of the show. And now they're divorced. I don't know if any of this has any meaning. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, something to think about. (laughs) Yeah, well, okay. And so. My father really loved I Love Lucy, and now my parents are divorced. So, you know, I'm not saying that has anything to do with anything, but, you know. Does I Love Lucy kill your relationship? No. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe it gives dudes, they're like, oh, Ricky treats his wife like that. Like, Ricky was down at the nightclub six nights a week. You're telling me he wasn't getting some on the side? Oh, come on. With I that yeah, sure. like, ugh, anyway. The next one was I Love Louie. I thought that was actually kind of really funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really liked that. I really liked it. It was so cute. I was like, Garrett. Yeah, Garrett Morris is Louis Armstrong. I fucked with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was I Love Asparagus, which was someone yelling at asparagus. I was like, cool, that's... And the joke there was that the veggies melted or they wilted under the studio lights. And it's like, that's just still not funny. Yeah, he kept going harder with that joke, though. He, he was at least putting his effort or the effort into it. Gotta give him for that. He, he, did, he did commit. Um, there was, I love Fred and Ethel. I love Loose Change. That was funny. It was. Um, it builds up to this, like, I've been talking about this, and I know you're all excited, and it's like the assumption is, that, oh, he's going to bring Lucille Ball up on stage, and he brings up Mr. Willie Day who was the prop guy for SNL. I mean, yeah, it was just some old guy. And Desi Arnaz at this point was like kind of crying. He was like, I think you know what's about to happen. It was, he was, it was really funny, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that. Then we had Weekend Update. Um, this was not the best Weekend Update. No, I. it wasn't the strongest, although it did get a ton of applause at the end. And I don't know if the applause was because it's like, holy shit, Chevy Chase did Weekend Update and the crowd was just into it. But it opened with a Hummer joke and it was like, well, okay, we're doing this till the very fucking end that Chevy Chase is here. He's gonna, all right. Uh, yeah, he said, I'm Chevy Chase and you are merely a statistic. I did laugh at that. Yeah. I don't know what their problem is with Muhammad Ali, why they keep going after him I someone on that staff has a fucking hard on for anti-Muhammad Ali jokes that I don't know who it is but I don't like it yeah he talked about the death of that koala bear being a suicide this was kind of strange I did actually kind of think this was a little bit funny he said that um the koala bear had been upset because of the death of Francisco Franco. And I was like, okay. Yeah, it was that. (laughs) I believe it was that in the falling Qantas stock prices because he was the like spokes bear or like the mascot of Qantas Airlines in New Zealand. 
Um, there was a re okay. Yeah, so this they is did another. What were you saying about it? About the the speed ad? Yeah, I was gonna go off about it. <laughs> I, I I was gonna say that I, it was a replay, but the audience. I don't know if they hadn't seen it before, but again, they were laughing and it wasn't a bad replay because it was funny the first yeah. time. So seeing it again, it was like, oh, I know where they're going with this and I can like let myself enjoy it as opposed to be shocked. So this was a replay that worked. Yeah, when she opened up the cabinet and all of her bags were neatly folded, I kind of lost yeah. that too. It yeah. was good. Um, there were jokes, okay. So I think this is the first joke that the SNL audience has not wholeheartedly liked, or at least they kind of turned on it halfway through. Chevy Chase was talking about how Richard Nixon, um, he was going to move to China. And he said, I am not a clock. And I'm like, oh my God, that is such a fucking racist joke. Like, fuck you. That was upsetting, yeah. It was upsetting and the crowd, they laughed, but then it was like an, oh, reaction. And I was like, like, okay, they are, they're little, they're socially conscious. And Chevy Chase was kind of proud of himself that he got that reaction, but he also had this kind of fuck you look on his face. So yeah, just a little, you can see his ego grow week by week. You really can. Um, and then they did the artist rendering Patty Hearst thing, except uh, this time the artist rendering was uh, Patty Hearst was Betty Boop. I thought this was kind of funny. I don't know. I was cracking up at this. <laughs> it was actually like written to the Betty Boop cartoon. So it like there were parts of it that corresponded. Yeah. And I thought it was actually the first well done. Uh, it was better than the paintings or the stick figure sketches it was a success the next sketch was a parody of the tv show the untouchables which was like a crime fighting show hang on yeah a crime fighting show in like what was it like the 50s or something yeah I don't know. it was just a parody so i kind of it was i was sort of not paying attention during most of this because it started to get a little bit boring. I'm going to say it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, it started airing in 59 and ended in 63. And it was about, uh, it was about a group of federal agents led by Elliot Ness, who was portrayed by Dan Aykroyd. And I guess, um, oh, Desi Arnaz, someone introduced this. I don't know if it was Desi Arnaz Jr., but someone introduced it. Okay. It was. Okay. And he was saying, you know, his dad had done so much in show business, but because of his heavy accent, he was never able to get a spot on The Untouchables. It was this Chicago um, crime thriller. And it was narrated by Walter Rinchel, and who I don't know who was doing the impression of him at the end, but holy fuck, they got it spot on. Um, but yeah, it was just basically a parody of this show. That was kind of funny. That was also yeah, really it just, it was like, they had code names, but you didn't realize it at first. You thought they were bird watching. And then it was like, okay, the, it was like uh, the, the mobsters, they go to the restaurant to like, you know, put the, put the whatever. I'm, I'm not a mobster. Um, they, they like, they like go to put pressure yeah, on know. the restaurant owner to pay his protection fees. 
And some, they were like, oh, they ask a woman, Lorraine Newman, what she thinks about the food. And she's like, oh, it was good, but the wine was a little mm, flat. I don't, I don't know. And the guy takes out his gun and shoots her. And the next time he walks around the restaurant asking people how their food is, everyone's like, oh, it was wonderful, wonderful, perfect. Give compliments to the chef, amazing. And they're like, yeah, thought so. It's like, oh, Jesus. A lot of gun violence. Yeah, it was a lot of guns in this. And they go back to the warehouse and Desi Arnaz calls Lucy to bring the machine gun. And he's like, make sure you bring the one with bullets, not the one with blanks. So immediately, you know what's going to happen. And she shows up and Gilda Radner is doing her spot on fucking Lucille Ball impression. And on I Love Lucy, Lucy used to cry over the most ridiculous things. And that cry, the wail that Gilda Radner did, that was like spot fucking on what she would do. It got really annoying after a while. And I love Lucy. Now I can kind of see why my mother hated it. It's fine. I'm more for more reasons than one. But anyway, she's upset. And uh, Desi Arnaz is like, what? Did you ding the car? Did something happen? And she's like, Fred Nethel got killed. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, it was about time. And it was like, Jesus Christ. But then the feds show up and they start shooting and they kill Lucy. And then not Desi Arnaz, they arrest him. Yeah, a cab. Yeah, okay. And then they were like, wait, where's the voice coming from? The narrator, and they move the crates and there's Walter Winchell or the guy portraying him and they shoot him dead too. And that was the end of the sketch. Oh, it was, it was weird. Um, and then we went into a little I Love Lucy bit where Gilda was Lucy. Um, well, this was, this like, was it was like thing. an intro. This was bigger yeah, than the it, it was it was an intro to the next thing, and Jane Curtin was playing Ethel, doing a very good impression, I might add. Um, and Lucy was just trying to get into Ricky's show. And that was one of the plot, one of the recurring plot lines on I Love Lucy was Lucy trying to go to the nightclub because she wanted to see Ricky. She wanted to, you know, hang out at the nightclub. And no, no, you can't do that. You have to stay home with little Ricky. And that's why she got into hijinks at home because she was left at home. And like, you know, she'd go and get a job oh and the job would fail spectacularly. So she'd end up at home. It was, the, it's a bunch of sexist bullshit. Yikes. But yeah, it was just Lucy trying to get into Ricky's show, dressing up in different ridiculous outfits, which is another thing that happened on the show. And it was really just an intro to Desi Arnaz performing his song Cuban Pete. And it was, it was very good. It was a great performance. Yeah, like he was killing it. And you could tell it meant a lot to him that he was performing like his music from his culture on like a show that had such a broad audience or at least it was live and you know it had eyes he hadn't done a lot recently I don't think I don't know he he looked happy to be there and that makes me happy yeah and his velvet jacket was yeah cool. the velvet jacket was very cool um yeah Gilda Radner then like a cow walks on stage again with the fucking cow and Desi Arnaz is like, Lucy, why are you here? And then we saw um, the man, the myth, the legend, Gary Weiss. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't not this. that. Um, yeah. This man, I don't know how to describe him. He looks like the uh, CGI-aged Daniel Radcliffe and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, the epilogue. <laughs> like, he looked like that. 
was the only thing I could think of when I saw this man. He introduced his film, which was just some guy talking about his cat, which I just, I don't know what the fuck it that was. was. I, I have no idea. I think he was a poet, but it was just Gary, what, Gary Vice thought this guy was fascinating as fuck and just recorded him talking about life and his cat. And the guy is giving his cat catnip and like the cat is hardcore eating like a full ass nugget of catnip. Like this looks like fucking weed. And the cat at the end of the sketch, like the cat was playing with its catnip mouse at first. Like, ooh, here's a little bit. After the cat ate the fucking nugget, the cat was so stoned that you could tell it was just like, what is cat? Like it was just looking off into the distance and- He was trying to like, have the paw like wave with the paw and the cat was not no. fucking happy. <laughs> the cat did not give a no. fuck <laughs> i thought it was funny as hell though i mean that that's shit i do with my cats so you know it's like cool kitty here have some catnip and then we're gonna chase a laser <laughs> yeah oh, oh my cats um the next sketch was desi arnaz as an acupuncturist and um john Bushi comes in he's the patient He's come here because he's suffering from migraines and uh, he asks, hey, you know, do the pins hurt? And Desi Arnaz goes, oh, no, I don't use pins. So like, what do you mean? Um, he goes, oh, this is Cuban acupuncture. This isn't Chinese acupuncture. I guess in Cuban acupuncture, they use cigars. And so he uh, sticks a cigar in each of uh, John Belushi's ears for you know, his little, his little remedy. I did kind of lose my actual shit when the one that he put in the nostrils was called Corona. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Does this mean something? <laughs> yeah, he proceeded to then like have John Belushi get up. He put a cigar on the chair. John Belushi sat on the cigar and then I, he, uh, Desi Arnaz had him take his shoe off and he burned him on his foot and Desi Arnaz is like cool we move the pain from your head to your foot in a few days it'll go through the floor and into your downstairs neighbor's heads and it's like I don't think that's how that works I mean I know that's a joke but it's just weird that he uh, when John Belushi leaves he picks up the phone and he's like okay send in the physician <laughs> I, like, I know oh, okay <laughs> I laughed at that whatever that is I don't want to know <laughs> no um yeah the next bit was Chevy Chase and Lorraine Newman on a date and Lorraine Newman was complaining about their communication issues and how she just can't understand Chevy Chase and it's like he's speaking a different language and Chevy Chase then you realize as he continues to talk he's just using like made-up words that mean nothing and that's why she can't understand him even though it's like kind of clear what he's saying like in terms of how he's talking like the phrases he's using you can tell what he's talking about but you don't know what words he's saying he's just saying fucking nonsense and he was kind of playing the manipulative boyfriend part kind of well i'll say it <laughs> i was like okay Chevy chase chill out <laughs> yeah he was it was yeah, and then he leaves, he gets irritated, he says he's going to the bathroom in whatever language or whatever words he was using, and John Belushi shows yeah. up and proceeds to, he went, Laurie Newman tries to talk to him, he uses nonsense words as well, 
And I think it was just a sketch saying men and women just, it was like men and women can't understand each other. And it was like, that's bullshit. Just try. Yeah, that was a whole bunch of weird is what that was. Um, <laughs> the next thing, it was like uh, the Bicentennial Minute, um, except, you know, it's Jane Curtin and she's talking about this woman who 200 years ago, she left her husband and it was all dramatic. There was a gun involved, whatever. She went off and had a little Boston marriage with this other woman. Um, and she says, and this has been the bisexual minute. That was kind of funny. I liked that. <laughs> it was, yeah, I thought that was very funny. And she's like, in a letter to her mother, she wrote something like her mother had asked how she could have left her husband. And she's like, well, I was churning the butter and something just clicked and I left. And it was like, it was so funny. Like, um, it was like, oh, 200 years ago, a woman decided, hey, you know what? I like women too, and left. Like, it seemed like the way she talked about it, she like normalized. That's, yeah, I was kind of wondering like, hmm, whose idea was this one? <laughs> right. I liked the message, so. I, I love a good LGBT history lesson in the middle of my SML. <laughs> Yeah, and so uh, the next thing that we had was uh, Jane Jane Radner. What? That is not that is not a person. That is not a thing. Gilda Radner is Lucy introduced Desi Arnaz's second performance, saying, "Oh, he wrote a book, and there's lots about me in it." And the book is actually called a book by Desi Arnaz. It's like a book by Desi Arnaz. So uh, it then cuts to Desi Arnaz, who is again dressed up. And he is performing Babalu. Yeah, this was fun. This ended in a conga line. Like we thought last week's good nights were fun. This was this was better. Yeah, this is way better. And <laughs> yeah, I, I have conga line looks fun as fuck. Um, and then I think there was a baby Lauren sighting when the conga line was going around the studio. He was like in a little blue shirt and he like oh. kind of ran out towards the conga line and then backed up. <laughs> it was adorable. Um, but I also remember in Life from New York, Lauren, him mentioning like the first time that he was actually scared was when Desi Arnaz was out there in the first season at the end of Babalu, just absolutely fucking going for it. And Lauren was like, oh my God, this man is going to have a heart attack on live television. And now I understand why, because Desi Arnaz was a 59, 60-year-old man up on stage, like wailing on his drum. His hair was flopping all over the place. He was, he was partying. He was, it was wild. He was going hard. He was hard the entire fucking episode. He did. Honestly, I, this may have been my favorite so far this is a good it was i don't know it just loved the energy um john belushi was dancing yeah chevy chase like ran out to join the rest of them i don't know where the fuck he was but it's like you could tell they're like starting to enjoy this like it was more of an okay let's go party now like we it's it was a much chiller ending as opposed to like thank you good night yeah no they're really like finding their groove and it sucks that they're finding it without the muppets but i guess it's just how Things are unfolding. There was no Muppets in this fucking episode, you know. They're gone forever. It's fine. Just when they got a little sexy. <laughs> what was your favorite sketch? My favorite sketch was the bisexual minute. My favorite sketch was the Gary Vice film. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I I was just wow. like, yeah. I was just <laughs> like, fucking, funny, but wow. 
that cat, man, that was just so fucking funny because, okay, the cat was stoned, but I am pretty sure that guy was stoned as well. Like, there's no way that, like, this isn't just some weird old stoner dude that Gary Vice knows and is like, oh, hey, can I film you for, like, an hour and five minutes of it? It'll get onto this TV show. I think you and your cat are hilarious. Like, that's kind of how I picture that going down, and I'm okay with that. I loved it. Yeah, that old guy was chill as fuck. Um, <laughs> wow. I think my least favorite um, was probably Weekend Update, just because of that racist, I'm not a crook. <sighs> yeah, that was gross. Joke, just really didn't need that tonight. Yeah, it's like, I, I mean, I got, yeah, it's fine. It's the Nixon quote, but making it a racist, making it a thing on how, yeah. Mm-hmm on how people talk nope um my least favorite was the luciana vermicelli sketch i thought that was it was a weird hitch in the vibe of the show it was like why is lorraine newman in a casket michael o'donohue likes doing weird shit to lorraine yeah. newman it's becoming a thing this reeked of him i could have done without it it kind of so, did yeah that's my it could have been cut and nothing, the show would have been fine. Would have been, dare I say, better. <laughs> Heck yeah. But yeah, so you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Um, if you have friends that like SNL, you should tell them about us. We would like more listeners. <laughs> Brazil, we see you. Um, <laughs> so, Australia. Yeah. Me. I say we we got some people in the UK, got some Canadians, and a ton of people from the US. Wait, okay, this doesn't even belong on this podcast, but I just have to say that it's so fucking goofy that the second guy to get, or the second person rather, to get the vaccine is a guy named William Shakespeare. What the fuck is up with that? What the fuck? That's... I read that headline and I said, what the hell? Yeah, no, that is, that's just some fucking PR play by some Brits with a sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're on that. Our website is satnighthighpod.com. Um, take it away, baby. Our username on social media is um, satnighthighpod. Night is spelled N-I-T-E on Twitter. We are also on, I don't know, YouTube, Instagram, Reddit, all, all the fun shit. Facebook. Saturday Night High Podcast. Saturday Night High Podcast. Yeah. And yeah, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. And until then, be safe and happy highs. Happy highs.